right, happy Thursday afternoon. The time is 4.38 on this May the 13th. Thanks for tuning in to NL News Day. Now, we've talked a lot over the course of this pandemic about the struggles that have been faced by the restaurant industry, by the retail sector. And yes, of course, those are all worth noting. But one thing I feel like maybe I haven't talked enough about, and I have talked about it a little, but maybe not enough, and that is the arts, and specifically live events because that is the thing throughout the entire pandemic that i have been missing more than anything else uh so what is the support that exists out there is it enough and are these live event businesses going to be around once they're actually allowed to start putting things on again well to talk a little bit more about this pleased to welcome to the show now the mla for Kamloops south he's also the uh, opposition critic for jobs and economic recovery todd stone Todd, thanks for the time. How are you doing this afternoon? Uh, I'm doing well. It's good to be with you, Jeff. Well, I, I played a little bit of the back and forth from question period earlier on in the program between yourself and uh, Jobs Minister Ravi Kalon, and I guess the, you didn't really get a very clear answer in terms of the supports that exist and whether you know the, the circuit breaker supports that are already out there are actually going to help these live event businesses. And he did invite you to maybe have an offline chat after question period. So we'll start with that. Did you guys have a chance to connect after the uh, question period went down today in the legislature? <laughs> no, no, we have not. Uh, um, perhaps we'll, we'll make that happen. But, you know, look, uh, today was uh, was a day that we wanted to focus on the live event sector in the legislature. Uh, the, the, there are a whole bunch of companies across the province, uh, several in Kamloops. In fact, I, I specifically uh, mentioned, uh, you know, audiovisual by Lee's Music. Uh, everyone in Kamloops knows Mike Biltmore and the team there. And, uh you know, these are these are companies that um, uh, they they operate behind the scenes. They're often unseen. Uh, they, they're but they're they're the people that that enable all these conventions and concerts and conferences and you know luncheons and awards galas and ceremonies. All that those those things that we're all dying to go to, as you said in the intro, um, that we haven't been able to go to from the very beginning of the pandemic uh, because this industry, even I think more so than restaurants to a certain extent, have been actually shut down entirely mm -hmm. I, I mean there's a little bit of um a little bit of pivoting I, i'm getting tired of that word by the way but a little bit of pivoting that uh, that they've been able to do uh, with online events but uh, most of them are down uh, 80 90 in some cases 100 percent of their revenue uh year over year and frankly they've been left flapping out in the wind uh the latest insult to injury being uh they're ineligible for uh, the ndp's uh, john horgan's uh, circuit breaker grant uh which um, you know they're, they're just uh, scratching their heads going how could we possibly uh, fall through this crack uh when we're not sure that we're going to make it for much longer so what are some of the conversations that you're having with those within the industry? You mentioned Mike Miltmore at Lee's Music, and, uh, you know, I, I talked a little bit about them specifically uh, prior to you joining me here on the show. But just, you know, how concerned is a guy like Mike when it comes to being able to get through this pandemic? I'm sure he himself is committed to sticking with the business, but like the employees that he has underneath him, I, I imagine there's a, a lot of worry that they might go off and find other work because there's just not enough business right now when it comes to live events. Well, and Mike Milmore and his dad and, and the team that they have there, I mean, these are some of the most resilient people uh, we're ever going to meet, right? So uh, I, I'm very confident that they're going to somehow continue to make their way through this. But, uh, the, the, you know, if you talk to, to Mike, he'll tell you that they've gone from 30 employees down to six, uh, in addition to a very significant revenue drop of about 80%. 
And uh, his biggest worry at this point is uh, is is that they've 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 lost some, and they're worried about losing more of their of their highly skilled technicians. Uh, and it takes a long time to train those people. Uh, you know, as Mike says, you can't just you know you can't just uh, you know go to go to go to you know college somewhere and get a degree in audiovisual uh, technology. It's pretty much you learn on the job, but it mm-hmm. takes time. And so, he, you know, he's really worried about that. Uh, uh, Briere Productions down in Burnaby, uh, you know, they've uh, they've had to let um, half of their employees go. Two hundred contractors uh, done. Uh, they're you know losing between five hundred and, and two hundred thousand dollars per month. Uh, you know that they're in the red. Uh, talking the other day with uh, Tim Lang of Pro Show uh, in Vancouver. Um, they've had a, a cumulative $10 million revenue loss uh, over the past year. It, it's a 75% decline in, in their revenue. So part of what they've had to do is, is let a heck of a lot of people go. Um, the MRG group, uh, uh, John Donnelly and his team, they've, they've lost uh, over $30 million in revenue the past year. Um, so, you know, the losses are real, the, 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 uh, both in terms of revenue, but also importantly in terms of their, 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 their talented uh, uh, teams. And, um, you know, there, there has been very, very minimal uh, supports on the table, certainly from the province. They, many of them have been able to take advantage of federal wage, wage subsidy programs, federal rent assistance programs, uh, and, um, you know, a few bits and pieces here and there. But, uh, you know, they, 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 many of them have, have had great difficulty with the recovery grant, um, eventually getting some of that, or in, in a few cases, all of uh, what they were, were eligible for. That might be 30 or 40 grand. Uh, and, and then they're sitting here looking at the circuit breaker grant and going, uh, what do you mean we're not, you know, live events companies are, are not eligible, but they're not eligible. They're not, they're not restaurants or the hospitality business or, or gyms, you know, fitness centers, the very specific criteria that's in place. And by the way, uh, you know, if they've received, if a company has, uh, has received 30 or 40 or $50,000 in, in, uh, you know, grants and wage subsidies and stuff over the course of the last year, that's a, that's a drop in the bucket, uh, you know, compared to, you know, losing three, five, 10, $30 million in revenue during the same period of time. These companies need more help and they need it really quickly. Yeah, for sure. So when you were, you know, bringing this up today in the legislature, were you obviously weren't happy with the answer you got, but do you think it's a pretty simple switch to be able to uh, provide circuit breaker grants that are out there or the, the circuit breaker relief funding that exists and being able to make a few quick changes so that these businesses are eligible? I can't imagine that would be a very difficult process. Well, it, it basically what we're calling for is the following. Number one, uh, very, very simple to do. The, the, the jobs minister tomorrow, uh, he, could, he could change the eligibility criteria on the circuit breaker grant uh, such that live events companies are eligible. Uh, they will get, uh, as a result, some funding through that program. Uh, secondly, uh, the, this government needs to put a, a much larger and dedicated uh, fund on the table uh, for the live events industry uh, they, they could do it, frankly, through the, uh, the existing infrastructure at Creative BC and the Amplify Fund. Uh, that would go a long way. So, because, again, these, there have, while there have been uh, some grants that have rolled out to, you know, arts organizations and museums and those kinds of things, the, the live events folks um, that, you know, we can't, we can't have any of these, these, uh, these social gatherings without uh, sound systems without people coming and setting up, um, setting up uh, all the audiovisual that's needed to, 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 to pull them off, right? They, they're not eligible for, for so many of these, of these grants. So they need a dedicated fund um, and, you know, help with, uh, with talent retention and training. And, and last but not least, uh, I, you know, and this goes without saying, I think, across the whole board, we need 
an economic restart plan, a plan for recovery in this province that's got some 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 goals, uh, some targets. Uh, Saskatchewan just rolled theirs out the other day. It's tied to vaccination levels. Uh, it, it would give businesses some certainty as to you know the things, the kinds of things that will happen in terms of re- restarting based on on achieving certain metrics. Uh, it will give people hope, and it might even serve as a bit of a motivator for uh, those. Those, uh, those, those skeptics out there that might still be kind of hesitant a bit about uh, whether or not to get a vaccination. Yeah, I, I know BC Liberal leader your, uh, Shirley Bond, was she had an availability where she talked quite a bit about that here earlier today as well. Uh, maybe I'll dovetail back to that, but I just wanted to, to get your thoughts on, on why it seems like, you know, every time a new type of grant fund or relief fund is made out uh, available to, to business owners, it always feels like there's somebody out there saying, we're not eligible. We're being left out here. We're, we're not going to be able to benefit from a result of these dollars being put out to the public. So what, what seems to be leading to that? Is that a lack of consultation? Is it just a lack of foresight to include more types of businesses in, in these grants and in these funds? Why does this seem to always happen every time a new uh, thing is brought forward in terms of funding, someone's, someone seems to be left out? Well, look, uh, I think we all cut this government a heck of a lot of slack in the early days of the pandemic. I mean, for for a good eight, nine, ten months, pretty much from March, uh, when we unanimously approved billions of dollars of funding uh, in the legislature for uh, supports for people and businesses, right through to when John Horgan decided to call an unnecessary snap election. Um, but it, it, you know, this government continues to act uh, on a day-to-day basis as if the pandemic just started last week. And so there's all, there's just this sense of panic and scramble and everything off the corner of the desk. Uh, I mean, perhaps uh, perhaps we need to get the premier uh, some slip-on shoes uh, because he keeps tripping over his, sho- his shoelaces when it comes to uh, putting uh, uh, programs out quickly that work that have a flat application uh, process. Uh, you know, we've you and I have talked at, at length about the recovery grant. Uh, you know, launched in mm-hmm. September of 2020. 345 million bucks on the table for small business. Well, there is still uh, somewhere around 150 million of the of those funds that haven't been pushed out the door yet. Uh, and and in this last budget, they've actually pushed that that uh, that remaining 150 million. They've pushed into this this next fiscal year, which means those, some of those dollars might not be out for another year. Um, and you hear the stories, and I I'm talking to these folks every day. There are businesses that are just not going to make it much longer. Uh, so. Um, I don't understand why this government can't seem to fashion a program that uh, is, you know, is efficient and quick in getting the supports out to uh, to the people and businesses who need it. Uh, they're, they're also sitting on a $3.1 billion contingency fund in their budget, uh, you know, for some rainy day, I guess, in the future. Um, we've got a lot of pain still in this province. A lot of people and a lot of businesses are are, are suffering and they need help. Uh, so to the extent that uh, we, we have the ability to ask questions here in the legislature, we're going to continue to do that. But come on, uh, let's uh, let's start uh, figuring out how to push these dollars out the door uh, so that people get the help that they need. Well, Todd, I really appreciated you bringing this issue up in the legislature today because I mentioned it off the top. We talk a lot about lots of sectors that are being hit hard as a result of the pandemic, but the live event sector, the art sector, maybe doesn't get talked about quite as much as it should because we know how 
critical they are to the enjoyment of life, right? The, you mentioned the con- conferences and, and the gatherings that uh, require audio setups in order to take place. I didn't even really think about that side of things because, you know, I don't really necessarily get excited about going to a convention. But, yeah, these are very important things that all tie into this entire sector. So I really appreciated you bringing this up, and hopefully all of these guys will be able to make it through this so we can enjoy those events and those gatherings once the time to do so uh, does arrive one more time. But I guess just uh, one more thing before I do let you go. You mentioned having a, a real restart plan, a real way to be able to look at, at something tangible and say this is what we need to achieve in order to start returning to some sense of normalcy. Uh, I wanted to focus on the one comment you mentioned because maybe there's some vaccine hesitancy out there that exists, but if we had an actual plan that was you know, tied to, to vaccination levels, we might see more people be willing to go out and get it, saying if I get a vaccine, well, then maybe I can take off my mask and go to some kind of a gathering. Is that the most important thing, you think, when it comes to having a restart plan, is, is to be able to help encourage individuals to, to make sure they're doing their own part to get us back on track? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, any tool that we can possibly utilize to encourage everyone and anyone who's eligible uh, to, to go and get that vaccination uh, is, is absolutely critical to embrace. I mean, we, the, the faster that we, that we all get our first shot and then get our second shot, uh, the, the sooner we are going to see in a significant way uh, these health restrictions begin to be unwound. Uh, and, and that will be something that we will all celebrate. Um, so the health of British Columbians and the ability of people to get back to some semblance of normalcy sooner than later is directly dependent on, on the vaccination uh, rollout uh, without question. But I will say uh, that from a business perspective, businesses need certainty. It's been 14 months Businesses need to have some sense of when they're going to be able to uh, to um, to get back to uh, to to normal operations. If you're a restaurant, you want to start thinking now about what the summer is going to look like. If you're in the tourism sector and you might have a hope of salvaging some of the summer season, you can't find out that you're going to be able to do that a week before uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, the, the government makes that change. You need to know now. So, uh, again, Saskatchewan tie, has tied there it's to vaccination uh, levels, um, and they just moved from uh, the first phase to the second phase. Uh, it seems to be working very well there. Other jurisdictions have done the same thing. Um, let's, uh, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time here, I, I think. Uh, I, I'm hoping the government can as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's put a plan on the table uh, for, for people and businesses so we have confidence in, you know, that the future is, is, is bright and we all have a role uh, to play uh, in, in getting there. Todd, thanks so much for the time as always. Really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll definitely do it again soon, but thanks for the time today. Thanks, Jeff. All the best. Awesome stuff. There is Kamloops South MLA Todd Stone and the uh, opposition critic for jobs and economic recovery speaking to some of the discussion today in the B.C. legislature as it relates to the live event industry and helping them to get through this pandemic so that they have the resources, the staff, the tools in place to be able to help you and I enjoy those events once we have that ability to attend them again. Things like concert, things like plays, things like conferences, things like uh, conventions. There's so many different uh, things that go in to uh, putting a live event together and we got to make sure we have the people the expertise and the tools in place to put those events on so i really appreciated that coming up today in question period and thanks so much for todd for bringing it forward and coming on to the program to talk about it a little bit here today as well and i just wanted to get into his uh, his final comments there briefly just in regards to having a tangible plan to work towards uh colton and i were talking about it a little bit earlier on in the show just how like saskatchewan has put forward a plan 
and it's tied to its vaccination efforts. And, and Todd brought it up a couple of times throughout our conversation there. Just having some sense of of, of some some kind of target to look at, I think, would be a, a real valuable thing to have, whether it be, you know, once we have... 90% or 100% of individuals vaccinated with a first dose, then we can start working towards, uh, you know, having some type of, of small indoor gatherings or just just something that is out there that kind of puts some targets in place that we can look at and say, yes, once we get there, then we know we can do this. It has to be a bit of a moving document, right? It's not something that can be set in stone. We can't just sit there and say, once this happens, everything's back to normal. You got to be able to adjust and shift on the fly because we know that this this pandemic, this COVID-19 virus is something that, uh, while it has been um, mutating, it has been able to, to stick around no matter the, the fact that we wipe everything down and we wash our hands and we wear our masks, it's still finding a way to transmit between individuals. So yeah, we're going to have to be able to, to be, to be um, uh, malleable in that kind of a sense. But at the same point in time, just having at least some kind of plan written out that we can look at and say, yeah, these are some targets to work towards. I think that would have a big impact, not only on 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 providing that window for business owners and individuals to look at as as a, a ray of sunshine, a little bit of hope out there, but also because it just gives us something to work towards. I don't know. I don't know if that part really made any complete sense, but I just think having that plan would be would be good for our morale. That's what I was trying to say. It would be really nice just to have that plan in place to be able to say, we can do this.